right, all right, all right. What's going on, everybody? This is uh, Rapper Taste with Joe and Chris, or Rapper Taste with Chris and Joe, whatever you're liking. Uh, I was born in alphabetical order, but anyway. So what's going on, Miss Chris? Nothing much, nothing much. How are you doing these days? Man, uh, it's, you know, I'm doing all right, man. It's, <clears throat> it's like, uh, you know, with my job, I'm constantly dealing with like, people who are having like financial issues. And so, you know, I don't know if you heard, but basically Donald Trump has requested to put a, a total halt, uh, you know, to them strategizing about doing a second stimulus package. And, you know, that includes the check, that includes the unemployment, that includes all that. So his stopping that is basically stopping people who probably have, because there's a lot of people still can't go to work. Um, so he's actually said to halt uh, negotiations until after uh, the election, November the 3rd. And he's saying, like, once he wins, he'll do like a huge packet or something like that. So one, he's being super ridiculously confident. Uh, and then second, he's using this as a ploy, like for him to get votes because to be honest, I don't think he, uh, if he have, ain't no way he over COVID like that. Like I've never had it. You know what I'm saying? So it's, it's all a ploy. So I don't know. What do you think about that? Yeah, I don't think it's cool. I feel like a lot of people are being impacted. Um, and I feel like that he is using this election to do a whole lot of stuff that he wouldn't do if it wasn't election year. It's just like it's kind of unfair. You know, you think about the 200,000 people's families who are no longer here because of COVID and for him to use it as a joke um, or as a tactic, it's not fair. Right. You know, I know that everybody experiences it differently. I understand that. But take the 14 days, quarantine, do what you need to do to get better. Even if you feel good and you're having mild symptoms, still take those precautions. You know, it. The heat, I don't know who's working in his camp, but they're not helping him think right. They're not giving him the best advice. So you have 200,000 200, Americans, families who have buried their family members. And now you're saying, okay, I had it and I feel like I, I feel better than I have 20 years ago. Like, come on, guy. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It is very ridiculous. But the, the worst and saddest part about it is this dude has followers. I'm talking about like strong followers. Man, it scares me because when he took the picture in the Oval Office or wherever he or wherever he was, he said they say he was at the hospital. You know, like oh, he's working diligently, doing presidential things. You know, even though he has you know COVID. And then one of somebody that's, that I will I was following made the comment like oh. You know, like him or not, he's still doing his best to make sure the country runs smoothly. Like, seriously? It's crazy, man. It's crazy. <laughs> people are, are very, you know, people are kind of dumb. They not, they gullible. Like, think for yourself. Like, look at, even effective, like or not, look at the facts. Look at what it is. You know, the statement that he made during the debate. I'm still kind of like blown, blown away by that. Which one? About the white supremacy. Like, why didn't you... Stand by. You hear stand what by and stand back. Why would you do that? That all they need is a whistle. Those are his voters, man. I drove um, I drove um, home this weekend. And going through those small towns, I'm talking about every house. Trump, Trump, Trump. And right by Deja's school, right, an exit outside of her school, a big old moniker, like a moniker with that on there. And saying these jobs here depend on him being in office, like stuff like that. Like, I'm like, come on, y'all. 
if this was a Democrat and he was doing the same thing, I would still not be happy with it. You know what I'm saying? Like, be honest with what's real. And I feel like a lot of times people are, you know, so supportive that they don't see the trash in that person. Yeah. He got plenty of it. <sighs> Plethora. It's like, you know, I'm telling you now, like, it's people now saying, as soon as I get that stimulus, I better pay my electric bill. That's people, man, like three and that three and four thousand dollar electric bills. Places like Ohio, Ohio, who have those little payment plans, and because mm-hmm. of COVID, they couldn't maintain it. So that full deferred amount, basically, it 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 went to where they owe that full amount, as opposed to being in the graduation program where it won't be uh it won't be. Even like the people who like they they don't said evictions can start, but there's no money there, you know. And some jobs are putting people back on, but they have limited hours. So where you were maintaining from a different kind of paycheck, you now got half of that and having to live off of it. And nothing is cheaper. If anything, grocery store. When I go to grocery store now, I'm spending more. For real. Because my kids are home. Oh, real. They get no food stamps. Almost no. food stamps up there. And even when they were giving them out, I didn't qualify. <laughs> Not a bad thing. It's a blessing, but it's just like some people don't even meet that meet that standard to even get that. Um, and they're having to deal with it. And he. You know, having another stimulus package is, is not fair. $1,200 is not going to do anything. Just being honest. Really not. But I know for some people, any bit, any little bit of help. But Oh, yeah, uh, it would have helped them a lot. Yeah, it was just a crazy time. Whoever would have thought, first of all, Donald Trump would even be president. Uh, second of all, uh, that this nigga be making decisions. Like, this dude went from being on The Apprentice to being our president. Like, I just I just want Ashton to come out of the bushes at any point. He four years late, <laughs> but at any point, pop out and be like, you got punk. <laughs> I got you guys. Got you guys. So, yeah, I just, it's just, sometimes it's just, it's hurtful, you know. And then, like, trying to raise my daughter in this world with all this going on and, you know, being having those conversations and even, you know, with my baby off in college, like having the conversations with her, this is her first year voting and I'm actually going to pick her up and we're going to go together to vote because I really want her to have, I want her to go. I want her boy. I want her to, I want to vote, you know, Trump's decision to withhold information about COVID affected her senior year of high school. Affected her first year of college. Yeah, got to go. You know, got to. People need to vote. People definitely. I'm telling you, if it's never been motivation for you to vote, vote. I'm I'm early voting. I'm I'm not even gonna wait until election day because I don't want no shenanigans. That's what I'm doing because I uh I know it'd be as busy as I be. I'm definitely early voting. I did you know last election, uh, well last election I did vote. Because I didn't like him or Hillary. But uh, I'm voting this time. I mean, I, uh, Joe, what's his name? Uh, Joe Biden. He a little, I don't know, he a little sane now. But I can base it off his past actions, I guess. But he a little sane now. You got to know he's sane now. Something wrong with him. He, he, he kind of, he loses his like, train of thought often. Uh, but these people are old, man. I'm right, waiting on this, Asia to, you know, be ready to go for president. That's a whole another conversation off podcast. Um, <laughs> 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 yeah, but um, you know, it's like you know the stuff like this going on with the politics, um, the way that people are handling everything. When it comes to COVID, um, all of those things, it's just like people are trying to go back to normal, but I'm just confused on why. 
Like, why why go back to normal or why go back to the way you were doing things before? You know? Um so it just kind of is scary how how um focused people are with getting back out and doing I'm actually uh I'm ready for twenty twenty one. Are you? Uh yes. I can tell you now it's gonna be a better year. I can tell you that for a fact. This year it took Kobe. Uh this year COVID. I mean it's just this just ain't I mean, I'm I'm being simplistic when I say that, but this just has not been a good year at all. I, at all. I I agree in a lot of instances, but this year has been an amazing year for me on a personal level. Um, my mind, um, being able to spend some time by myself, being able to not be a puppet so much because COVID has not made me, has made me unavailable. So therefore being available to myself. So that's a tragic, that's kind of tragic. You know what I'm saying? Um, but I mean, you know, when you can I mean, be busy, you are busy. When you, when things can fill your day, they do. But when everything says stop and all you have in that moment is yourself and your thoughts and, and you, you have to face you. And many people are so busy doing things so they don't have to face themselves. Right. Well, that's a whole nother uh, ballgame now. So, yeah, you know, it's just been that, you know, and stuff has been being, I've been taking care of things. I've been realizing that I take stuff too seriously. <laughs> I take, um, I stress too much. You know, things that I've had to just really like figure out about myself. You know, when you're stuck in a house and you're just like, okay, I can either go crazy worrying about this or I can just let the chips fall where they may. Right. You know, and so just for me personally, it's been a very eye opening personal year for me. But I think if COVID would not have happened, or not even COVID, if the pandemic or being the, the the lockdown, things like that would not have happened, I would have still been a stress bubble. Or, you know what I'm saying? I would have still been mistreating myself. Right. So, I mean, I think that it's been tough for a lot of people. I've seen so much loss that I've never seen in my entire life. Um, people that I've known, people that I know, um, people, family members of people that I know. So I've seen so much loss. Um, and that's something too, that was kind of hard to deal with, but in overall state, like even my finances, like I'm not spending money on eating out all the time. I'm not spending money on gas and all these other things. So I've been able to take care of some bills and things that I needed to clear up. Um, so there's, Again, there is some bad about it, but I think that it is a lot of negative. Now, I will say that 2021 will be a better year because people are going to go into it with with a different perspective. I think people's perspective on life has changed a little bit. Some have changed to the point where 2021 is going to be a better year for them. Well, I think I think the perspective that will change for me uh, has my perspective of that standpoint had already changed. Like when my, and, and you, you know, you had a, a parent who passed. Uh, when my father died, that kind of changed my perspective, period, about life. So uh, as far as uh, I think loss would have affected it, I mean, would have made me change my thought process. Because like I said, it's a lot of, it's a lot of good people um, this year uh, that I've lost. You know, it's some people who, you know, was sick and I didn't know they were sick. Uh, and so it's just kind of, I don't know, it's been that kind of year. It's just been, uh, and like I said, Kobe died. I know it's kind of, it's probably kind of silly, but uh, it's just, I don't know, man. It's been a, it's like it's been one thing after another, after another, after another. And so I think my perspective won't change as far as, uh, you know, 
Because I already value uh-huh. like life. Can you hear me? All right. Can you hear me? Hello? It's breaking up. Okay. Hello? Well, you know. Yeah, I'm here. I'm here. Okay. I am here. Um, uh, but like I was saying, uh, <laughs> I've, I mean, I've, I've dealt with loss and I think, you know, me losing my father, that changed my total life perspective on everything. So it kind of, you know, as far as the losses that occurred and, you know, during COVID, yes, they were tragic. Yes, they were difficult, you know, to deal with. But I mean, I don't think it could get any worse than losing my father, but um, I mean, I do, I do know that you have to value life. You have to value safety, especially like for the kids. Like my kids started going to school. Um, you know, at first they weren't going. They were, they were staying. They weren't going uh, to school, like at the location. But I just feel that them not going, they were missing out on so much because, you know, the little babies, like you were saying. It's so hard for them to learn, really, from a from a laptop or an iPad or whatever. At least as far as school goes. So, you know, I just, I just, I just know for a fact, twenty twenty one is gonna be a lot better. I can, I mean, I know that for a fact. Oh, absolutely. Just, just, I mean, just the opportunities alone, like the opportunities alone, like you know, my job and. Uh, I, I really regret that I didn't start working where I work at sooner. Um, cause I love my job. I haven't I haven't loved the job in decades. You know, I, I used to like Super One. Then they started. You know, I think as soon as they start selling lottery tickets, I start hating it. But <laughs> you know. <laughs> Because, you know, back in the day, man, like, it used to be a religion-based company, you know. Um, and then they started selling water tickets, you know. But you can tell when, like, the original owners left and when they stopped. And then you could tell when it happened. Because, like, they start basically indulging in everything that was that was there to offer. Like, they didn't want to miss no money. And so... They started doing the, you know, the the tickets, the lottery tickets. Because I remember there was a time when they didn't even sell alcohol on weekends. But that was, you know, that was a long, 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 long time ago. But anyway, so <clears throat> now that we got that out the way, talking about the our, our, our bum ass president. Um, well, I ain't gonna say he's my president. He's the president of the United States, but. Just like they didn't claim Obama when he was in there. Right. I'm not claiming Donald. But uh, let's talk about the children or, or kids. And this is something, you know, I don't know too many people who don't have kids, to be honest. I don't think, I don't really hang with people that don't have kids. You know what I'm saying? Because we really can't relate. But um, there was a, you know, there was a situation, and I'm not going to get into it heavy. Uh, with my daughter and basically right now at nine years old she's at a, a curious age I'm not saying she's physically curious but her mind is curious about things and she has questions about things and so I just need to like what you think what do you think happened to where it changed from being curious based on what we're seeing like family members do to where now it's like the media is, is making our children like curious about these things. You know, they watching, you know, something on YouTube and then it's like an ad for something that has nothing to do. I mean, they're nine and there's like kids YouTube. It's not even an adult YouTube. So what do you think or why do you think that media and society has changed to where it even like it even instigates the curiosity for like a nine year old? I'm just using nine year old as an example, but I'm pretty sure there's younger kids 
who are being like curious about things like that. What do you think is like, what do you think change? Like, everything, I, and I got everything yeah. is acceptable. Every, everybody is trying to remain relevant. So there is no child children's TV. There is no kids shows. Um, Every, even the kids shows are trying to include things that may have not been discussed at home yet. Um, they're not giving, they're not allowing them to remain innocent. Um, even with the YouTube kids, they find the way to infiltrate it and put ads on there or have the, cause my, my daughter watched Roblox and there's sometimes where she'll be watching a Roblox, somebody playing the game and somehow, some way they'll integrate somebody in there having sex mm. or they'll, 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 they'll show body parts. Like, and so she had to, you know, get away from that, but it was when she was watching someone play it, but the actual Roblox game, you know, it's sometimes it's safe, but then they have grown people that get in there and do stupid stuff like that. So you have yeah. to really like monitor. Um, I just feel like that everything, it became okay. Nothing even when I try to watch like kid movies with her, um, I'll be watching it. And granted, I'm watching it from an adult eye, but I'm like, they didn't just do that in there. This is a kid movie. Like I have to go back and check the, you know, the rating uh, to see like, why is this a Y7 or what am I watching? So it just seems as though everything is accepted. Right. And it takes the power away from the parents to have the conversation because the conversation is being had on TV or on YouTube or you know on the mo- at the movies, so it's like you're not giving us a chance to talk to our child about sex or the birds and the bees or those things. But you know, I'm not against talking early. I just know that there's levels to it. So I feel like the the conversation shouldn't be had when you're 13 and 14 because everything is present in there. You know, and as far as a female is concerned, you know, don't want to burn nobody's ears off. But women can start their cycle as early as nine years old. Yeah. So your body is already doing those things and in a reproductive state as early as nine years old for some children, for some women, for some little girls, excuse me. So if your body's already able to do that, then the conversation should already be have happened. Because you don't want to wait and you're like behind the ball and everybody at school has told them something or YouTube has shared something with them, you know, and you're just like, hey, I want to talk to you about this. Oh, I know about that. And they're telling you. So you want to be the first person they hear it from. So when they see it somewhere, they're like, oh, yeah, my dad told me about that. Oh, yeah, my mom told me about that. It's not an easy conversation to have. Um, recently, Alyssa over the summer, um, there's, a ch- she's a designer in Shreveport named Tasha. Yeah, I know. She did a, um, summit for little girls oh. and it was for little girls. I think seven to 17 was the age group. And they talked about period. They talked about the items that are used during that time. They talked about, you know, you know, what to say when it happened, you know, they had those conversations and, you know, Alyssa, when she first started, you know, hearing it, she was like, mama, this nasty. But then when she was finished and we talked about it, she was able to talk to me about some stuff and kind of opened up the dialogue in a way, but it was a way that I was okay with. It wasn't the TV. It was a group of young women trying to educate younger women on their bodies and being conscious of their bodies right so i thank god for stuff like that that was even and that i even put her in because when now when we talk about it it's not a gross conversation and i don't feel challenged to have that conversation so i think we have to get out of our minds that it can wait and go ahead and start having small conversations because you know being a victim of um molestation i try to always talk to my children about that but I left out talking about the birds and the bees. You know what I mean? Like is somebody bothering you, somebody touching you, but I'm not asking you, Hey, are you cramping? Do you, how do you feel? You know, this is that and the other, 
if a little boy tells you this, don't do this. Like we have to have those conversations now because just being honest, if I sit back and think about it, I was in elementary school and little boys was trying to show me what it looked like. Man, I was, uh, I was, I was pulling mine out in middle school. <laughs> so, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, you have to think about that. Like, do you want that to be the first time that this conversation occurs after she come and be like, this little boy is cool, pull this beep, beep, beep out. Yeah, I was that nigga. I was that dude. So it was requested, but you know. <laughs> but no. So we look at our babies as babies. Yes, they're our babies. But the world looks as them as little boys, little girls. But when they get start developing, they're little women, little men. So are we well, preparing them for what that looks like? Right. But see, the thing is, I don't want to normalize this. Like, I think if we don't talk about it, it may become like a normal thing for them. Like, it's not normal for a dude to want to, you know, look at the tie-tie. It's not normal. Right. And that's the conversation that has to be had. You know, and it's going to sound weird. It's going to be like, oh, my God, I can't believe my dad talking to me about this. But it's going to be more or less like, hey, let's talk. If a guy ever asks you to sh- to touch you underneath your clothes or to see your boobs, anything like that, you say no. That's not that's not acceptable. Right. You know, as a young woman, you have to respect your body. You have to, you know, look at it as a very precious gem. Do not let anyone touch you. Right. And you the same. Don't touch anyone right. in that manner. You know what I'm saying? Like have that conversation. You know, and like I tell you, I'll tell you this, when my oldest got older and beyond the age of 12, 13, 14, when she hit 15, I was like, look, before you do something, hit me up. Let's talk about it. Let me go get you taken care of so that you don't cause yourself to have to become a teen mom or cause yourself to have to put a halt on your dreams because you become a mother so soon. I said, so let's have a conversation. I said, I'm not going to be mad. I'm going to go take you to get that taken care of. And we're going to have a talk about what that looks like. But when you begin to have sex, make sure that you're ready to to be responsible for whatever comes from that sex. Be it disease, be it child, be it whatever. Right. So I'm not telling you don't get down for the boogie, but be prepared if a baby come from your boogie. So, you know, as a parent, we we have to have uncomfortable conversations, you know, or even have open up the dialogue. So when they're ready to talk, they can come and talk about it. Or if something is seen, y'all watching a movie together and you see like some two guys kissing. Do you understand what that is? Or, Or if you see, you know, they see something sexual like my my 10 year old, she'd be about to melt into the couch if somebody kiss. So, but, you know, it's just like making sure that we don't let the world give them the narrative. Right. Because the world is thinking about money. Yeah. And what they can sell. What they can promote. Um, but, yeah, I, I mean, I totally agree with that. Do you believe that you would, did you believe, do you believe that you will... I know having our babies a little bit younger or your second, my second set, your first set being young. Do you feel like that you would have the abstinence conversation? Um, I will. You will? Yeah, I think I will. Uh, especially with Jocelyn. I think, um, like I said, it's so much that's going on with her as far as just her, her curiosity. Like I said, and I don't want nobody to think you know, my, my, my daughter, I help busting it open or nothing. I'm speaking of like verbally curious, you know, about things, but uh, I just feel like that's going to be a conversation I have with her just based on her, uh, her intellect, like the way her thought process is going to demand that conversation. Like, I'm not going to be able to say you don't date till you're 20 and be done with it because she want to know why, or, you know, I mean, like right now I'm grooming her, to have standards, you know what I'm saying, for what she uh for what she accepts. You know, I don't want I don't want her to ever think because a little boy called her pretty that 
he gets in because I call her pretty every day. Even when she and she's making ugly faces, I, I call her pretty and beautiful every day. So it ain't gonna be something she ain't never heard. And I think, and that's something that's missing a lot of time is a lot of fathers do not like they're not fans of their daughters. Like I think uh, when you got a daughter, you should be her biggest fan. You know what I'm saying? And so I think that's kind of lacking these days is people being fans of their children. And I'm I'm my daughter's biggest supporter uh, about things. And so. uh, But I mean, you know what, with that, what you said, like, okay, question. mm -hmm. Do you feel like that it's better for her to date within your home? so that you can guide her through what dating looks like before she's 20 and dating outside of the Uh, house? Okay. So to be honest, if on that standpoint, like me personally, I don't have the best track record as far as dating goes, but I do want to be a part of the process. Like I don't want to think she has to hide it from me. You know what I'm saying? Right. I want to know who this person is. I want to meet them. I want to grill them. I want to know everything about it. I don't want her to think that she has to be too nervous to tell me when she get a little boy, uh, a little friend boy. Because, um, I mean, that can be, you know, some some people can, you know, some people can be scared about that. Like, I'm not a very, I'm not a very nice person, especially not the dudes. So, I don't want her to feel as though she can't tell me you know, when she got a boyfriend. So on that standpoint, I want, like, the relationship we have right now, I don't think she's hiding from me. And just for the simple fact of conversations that I've had to her, had with her that are not very, um, aren't normal conversations, but she's letting me know how she feel about things and how she, you know, it's just a lot of, it's a lot of things, you know, that was my first born and it was a time when it was just me and her. So, our relationship is a lot different and I don't, I don't pull punches when I talk to her. Like if she asks me a question, I answer it. And whether it's, uh, you know, a question that she, you know, somebody feel like she shouldn't be asking me. I think if anything, her dad is the first person she should ask. If he, if he were for anything, you know, and that's my thing, too. I feel like some fathers are so busy trying to be strong that they don't show their daughter's love. They they dominate in the household, but they don't, like, have those daddy-daughter moments. Well, they count. this is the thing. You have to be transparent, first of all. How early on? Um, when they're old enough to realize it. Like, okay, for instance, Fallon, she don't know nothing about this. So me being transparent with her is just a loss. Like, there's no point of it. But with Jocelyn, she's old enough. She's at a she's at a thinking age at this point. Uh, you know, Fallon, she's at an age where it's a it's kind of like a ooh, I see that, me too, kind of situation. So she's not a free thinker right now. Now she will be. In a little bit, but right now she's not at that level of thought process as Jocelyn is. So um, I think you know around nine. It well it depends. It depends too. It depends on the. And I'm not saying nobody got dumb kids, but their levels. Like it's levels. Like you know, you know how your your daughters are. There are levels to the thought process, and and a lot of and a lot of little kids don't have that because. Their parents feed them Barbie and and, and dolls and, and just and don't require them to think. Because if my daughter asks me something, I'm gonna give her a, a third degree. I'm gonna ask her every question about it. Like she when she comes to me, she know she better have her stuff together for me to uh she better have her stuff together before she comes to me. Because I'm gonna ask her everything. I'm that daddy, like I'm going to grill you when it ain't even necessary to be grilled. I'm going to grill you because I want to know and I want to make sure you know what you're dealing with. I want to make sure you know what you're getting yourself into and what you're asking me. So I think around nine, eight or nine, 
you be transparent. You don't you don't feed them lies. You stop telling them that it's a Santa Claus. Like I'm talking even to that standpoint. Like my kids know that I work hard for their birthday gifts or their Christmas gifts. You know, I work hard for that. I'm not giving the glory to some fat white man. You know what I'm saying? So I mean, yeah, that's that's what I'm. That's the thing too. Like with me, at first I was just like, because I'm very blunt with my girls, and some people normally tell me like, "Man, this you can't do that. You can't tell it to them like that. This, that, or the other." But then I have conversations with Deja, and she's just like, "Yeah, I was talking to my roommates about X, Y, Z, and I was surprised they didn't even know that." I'm like. You know, like, Chris, you ain't doing a bad job, <laughs> you know, because sometimes we we let other people who want to vicariously raise their children, raise our children for us because of their own personal shortcomings um, in their own raising or rearing of their own children. And so they tend to interject information to you that don't belong to your kids. Like you said, we know our children. We know how to handle them. We know what they can handle. You know, and when for me, when I go too far, mine will be like, "Ma, uh, uh-uh. uh, nope." Well, you, you know, <laughs> sometimes shelter can be so much that could be so much more damaging. Yeah. And sometimes just let them know what's up, man. Oh my God! Like I don't know what we were being protected from. Yeah. I don't know what we were being hidden from, because when I turned eighteen. The same world that hit every other 18-year-old that went off to college hit me. But I was solely ill-prepared because of my shelter. My daughter has a tattoo. And a lot of people felt that was a bad decision for me to make with her. Why? My daughter, again. (laughs) So... You know, I don't, I feel like a lot of people will tell you their first tattoo happened at somebody's house in a garage with a needle that was used with duct tape. Yeah. A faulty situation. My daughter was not going to have that experience. I'm going to show you where to go to get tattoos, to go to a lucrative place that does them well, get you someone you trust, and that does good work. Mm-hmm. Don't go to somebody's house and get you a tattoo. You know what I'm saying? And those are things that have to be taught. Seems crazy, but those are things that have to be taught. Yeah, that's I true. have a daughter. Don't show up without your own protection. If you go on a date, have your money in your wallet. Be able to call you an Uber if you need to leave if the date's not going how you planned it to go. That's real shit. Because you have to be able to understand that the child you're raising today is going to be an adult one day. And do you want them to go out into this world that we live in on a daily basis, ill-prepared? We both have watched people that we know who have went into this world ill-prepared. And we know people now in their almost 40s that are still walking around here ill-prepared. And it's like, what conversation wasn't had for you? When you're coaching people, like being a supervisor, being a leader right now, when you're coaching someone or trying to develop someone, you're like, nobody ever told you that that's not okay? (laughs) It blows you away. So, you know, we want them to be cute and we want them to, you know, do all of that. But I I want our girls... To know, baby, you don't have to have makeup on. You don't have to have lashes on. You don't have to. You're beautiful bare with nothing. This is just enhancements. Right. So, you know, some people are raised to believe that they have to have that. You know, they have to have their titties out and their booty out and their thighs out. They have to have all of that. You know, but it's a conversation that has to happen early on. That, you know what? That looks nice. If you want to wear, like, even like now, raising a college student, if you're going to have your chest out, put your legs up. 
everything ain't got to be out. You know, that's the, that that starts to look trashy, and it's a con. And you just have to say what it is. Call it, call a duck a duck. Mm-hmm. But you know, we even like you know, and, and it's, it's crazy because I, I I'm afraid for Jocelyn because you're so a man man. And when the teenage years hit and she's a little bit older and it's, you know, how to dress and things like that, I'm just scared. She, well, I'm just scared she's going to give you the business. So, because, you know, Jocelyn, it got some, she got some meat on her. And it's just kind of, she's just so unaware of her, how, you know, her female attributes. Right. And she just kind of, you know, always got to tell her, good, put that, you know, it's, uh, I don't even want to think about it. But, I know, but it's going to uh, be a continual conversation. And it's going to happen, and it's you're going to stop for a second, and then you're going to look over and be like, uh-uh, come in and talk to you. This, 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 and this. Because, right. like you said, when they're unaware they don't even realize what they're working with or their shape or, you know, that kind of thing or what other people may perceive. So you have to put those in their mind so that they're clear. If someone walks up to you and says this or when you like I tell my, my, my oldest and my little one, when you bend down to pick up a pencil, this is the way you should bend down to pick that pencil up. You know, if you're, you know, in a dress, this is the way you need to sit. Because when they're smaller, you know, they just sit, flop their legs open. They just chilling, looking at TV or whatever. Close your legs. This is how you sit. But those conversations have to happen. We, I, we as parents, we as, as, um, adults being able to connect and provide information to children, we can't assume that they're just going to find that out on their own. We need to pour that into them. And, you know, I don't know if Jocelyn is a Y kid, but I have a Y kid. So if the why happens, tell them why so that they understand that it's not just because I say so. She's a why kid. Oh, because I say so is not enough. She tell me quick that's not an answer. But <laughs> she got that from when she was a baby and she used to do stuff. And, and I tell her why she did that. She'd be like, because I wanted to. I said, that's not an answer. Like, but she was being honest. She did whatever because she wanted to do it, but now, I need a little more, a little more. It's a, uh, excuse me. Really? So, yeah. yeah. The thing is, is that we have to, as parents, be okay with having the tough conversations with our babies. Because not having them is sheltering them. Not having them is presenting the world with a very naive individual. A very gullible individual. So, as much as the conversation doesn't want to happen, as much as we may get uncomfortable having that conversation, we have to have that conversation because with you having, you know, like Jocelyn being the oldest, coming right behind her is Fallon and Gabe. So, Fallon, hell. the conversation has to happen because Jocelyn's going to be what who tells them some things they may go to her in confidence over you and you have to make sure that you've equipped her to tell them the right thing because if not they're going to be playing a guessing game together so i think it has to happen as much as we don't want it to happen it has to happen you know and it's not going to hurt them it's not going to hurt us it's just going to build a stronger bond between them between the two people, you know, the parent and the child. Because if you're willing to be transparent and, and have that conversation, then they're going to be like, you know what, I can talk to my dad about anything. I can talk to my mom about anything. Now, there are some conversations that I would have that would not have, and I'm very clear on those when I'm asked. Because I'm not prepared for the conversation. Now, now, the conversations with my son, those are going to be easy. Man, are you really a double but, standard parent? No, but it's just I can relate more to that. Like, I can, re- it depends on like my side of the coin. 
like me and him on the same side of the coin, we have a lot of things in common as far as just, but, you know. But you have the ability to save your girls from the world. But do I, though? Yes. Yes. It seems like a band-aid. Like, I can... I can try to educate them, I guess, make sure she don't go out there without a pistol. Right. But, like, as far as... As far as, like, just protecting them from it completely, I don't think that's possible. Because, I mean, they will not be in the house forever. Knowledge is protection. Knowledge is protection. If I have the knowledge to know what I need to do and what I don't need to do, I'm less likely to step out there and do something that may harm me. If I'm aware that, like, your goddaughter, if I'm aware that walking across campus late at night could potentially harm me because I've had those conversations and I need to go to the library, I got my taser and my homegirl, and we headed back to the dorm. I I'm not there, but I've and you I've instilled what needs to go with her. The words, the understanding, be careful, be safe, those things. We can't be there everywhere with them, but we can protect them from a lot of things by having those conversations, by letting them know this is don't do that. I feel like not having the conversations is leaving them out there to fall on their face. But at least having the conversations, they may still fall, but they're going to have cushion when they hit the ground. So, yeah, with with your daughters, yeah, it will be a different kind of conversation. It'll be a continuous conversation, um, even to the point where, like, Deja, she is not going to talk to you about stuff that's going on because she sees you as her dad, as a father figure. So I think that's the same thing that will happen for your girls. It's going to be some things that they protect you from because of the respect they have for you. Versus your son, y'all probably be able to talk about those things. But for your daughters, you want to make sure that you're putting people in their path. They'll have their mom. You'll want to put people in their path that will be sounding boards for them. Because when Deja couldn't talk to me, she could talk to Nita. Or she could talk to Trina. Or she could talk to, you know what I'm saying? I kept people in her path that she could communicate with when she felt like it was not okay to talk to me. Because you don't want them to go to friends and you don't want them to go to the world. But you know, when I was growing up, we didn't have all that, man. It's like, they didn't want to talk about it. Like our parents, oh, absolutely. Have, I never had the sex talk. I tried to have it one time in the car coming back from USAC with my mom. Oh, Lord. And she almost ran off. The road. <laughs> she almost ran off I 49. I was like, Does it hurt? What it feel like? You didn't need it before. She was just like, I am not having this conversation with you. And it was never had. I watched my sisters have kids early. I watched. Family members, you know, have children, things like that. But it was never a conversation that was had. We weren't talked about sex, about condoms, about protecting ourselves. We weren't talked to about STDs. None of those things. If we didn't get it at school or hear about somebody at school getting it, it wasn't talked about. So I went into the world naive to what sex was, naive to all those things. Just because a conversation wasn't had. Because... I was just told not to have sex and be saved and give my life to God and everything else was going to fall in place. Dot, dot, dot. (laughs) I mean, we didn't even have sex talks in church. No, we did. No, we did. Not even the protect yourself. Abstain. I learned from the streets, bro. Yeah. I learn from I learn from doing. <laughs> I learned at nineteen years old. 
Yep. So I think we need to have it. Yeah, I know. It's just, I don't know. It's just a, and, and see, this is my thing, right? So this is what I think, because this is something I heard. I haven't actually seen it, but they're basically like they're trying to make pedophilia like a sexual orientation. You know how they, you know, because when I was growing up, there were uh, lesbians, uh, punks, bisexuals. And there were some trannies, I think. There were some transsexuals. But now there's all these other kind of different binary. Non-binary. And so that's why I heard that they are trying to make um, pedophilia a sexual orientation. And, and, you know, to I guess to kind of like legalize it. You know what I'm saying? I'm not It's here. sick. I'm not either, because your sexual orientation is definitely going to get you killed. Yeah. Like 86. I don't think that they should be. No, absolutely not. I feel like those people need to be treated. Those people need to be medicated. They need to be, they need to have regulations. Right. But the reason why they're trying to do it now is because it's a lot of high profile people who are pedophiles. Very much so. And they don't want to be considered a criminal and they're trying to have science back them that this is normal. Yeah, that's true. I'm not okay with it. Because at that point, then you start looking at my child as an object. And that's where we run into an issue. I got like like my boy say I got heat for niggas like that. No cap. So nobody's gonna be okay with you looking at their child, period. Exactly. And if they are, then they sick in the head too. Exactly. Exactly. I'm just praying that society. I don't know. We gotta get out of this. Everybody's so offended by what's being said about their quote unquote sexual preference or you know people are are in their feelings because I don't necessarily agree with what they got going now me personally I don't care what a person got going I don't um, I don't I'm not one to judge people first of all Uh, second of all I'm not one to you know but I just stick with the judge I'm not one to judge I don't you know to each his own as long as it don't involve me you know, if you want to do it, but not a pedophilia thing, that I, I can't condone. But, uh, you know, if you want to be non-binary, I don't know what that means, or binary, whatever. Uh, I don't know. It's just a, it's just crazy that society and, and, and the world just makes things. Like, for instance, I remember one of those R&B singers was asked if they would kiss this transsexual. And they gave him hell because he said no. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't, I'm not, I'm not going to get into that conversation. Let me stop. I'm not even going to, I'm going to stop talking about that. Because it, 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 that's a, that's a, (laughs) that's quite the rabbit hole. So I'm not going to talk about that because, you know, that turns into the conversation and people get offended. Yeah. We don't want to offend anyone. That's not the goal here. I definitely, exactly. I don't Um, want to offend. I mean, I've learned a lot about the community from Deja just Mm -hmm. because she's had to go to school with them. And, you know, has had friends who were who had chosen um, um, alternate lifestyle. So sometimes I sit down with her and like pick her brain to help me understand so that I'm not, you know, offending because sometimes people get offended by you being curious. But I'm only trying to understand so I don't offend. So it's, see, it's like yeah. it's like a thin it's like line. A it's case twenty-two. It is. It's like, hey, I'm asking questions, but no, no, don't ask those questions. Well, don't worry about it. I'm gonna keep assuming what I assume. Then. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. But uh, so I want to talk about this before we end this podcast. Um, the future. Um, so basically what I want to do in the future is kind of have like a, I mean, not every week because, you know, sometimes just, you know, the friends need to talk. We don't need to have, but I would like for us to start having my guests. And I talked to you about this on the phone the other day. Um, so this is just an open invitation for anybody who wants to talk about something that they're promoting. They want to talk about uh, something that's happened to them that they want to get off their chest. Um, because between the two of us, we know a lot about a lot of stuff and not to a point to where, you know, I know your situation better than you, but to the point to where I have the mind to actually think about it and try to come up with, uh, come up with, you know, something, uh, a game plan. Cause I remember, you know, we did the podcast on the toxic relationships and the young lady, she did, you know, what, what we requested, what we told her she should do. And, and she decided, you know, what she wanted to do at the end. So she, you know, now she's not with that fella no more um, because she actually did try to, uh, you know, figure things out with him, tried to talk to him like adults. And, you know, of course he wasn't, he wasn't complying. So uh, she ended up moving on and, you know, she's told me, she's like, it wasn't easy, but it had to be done because, you know, he could have poisoned her with his toxicity, top, toxicity, whatever you call it. <laughs> I, I would know it if it wasn't. Uh, but anyway, but yeah, I think so it's she toxicity. You said it right. So, uh, yeah. yeah. So, and that's the thing. I would love to have guests. I would love to have people come on and we just kind of shoot it with a different, you know, group and kind of get another perspective. Also, you know, if they have a topic that they want us to interview them on, you know, that kind of thing. Just. To mix it up, switch it up a little bit. I think it'll bring um, it'll bring more depth to the group. Um, I do want to pull some of our friends, but we have very shy friends <laughs> who who are nervous about being recorded. So, yeah, I think we're the outspoken ones yeah. of the bunch. But well, we got we got one that that I think I'd be scared to interview her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me uh, too. But it'll be fun. You know, yeah, the the hour will fly by. Yes, yes, indeed. Because I mean, what like she you know me, she calls me often, and we have conversation. It just you know, I have to make sure my phone is either in my headphones or on mute. Because uh, she uh, <laughs> she's hilarious, and I think you're the one that birthed it. Okay, y'all not gonna blame me. I'm dead serious, man. I remember them days of, you know, sneaking her into house and then, you know, she doing this. Yeah, yeah, you birthed it. I just yeah, felt like vicariously living through somebody else. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm... I hear you, but you birthed it, though. But uh, anyway, but I think that'll be a good conversation. Matter of fact, she's been uh, asking to be on. Uh, Let's anyway. make it happen. Yeah, man. I'm um, definitely going to have to uh, link up with her and, and get a mutual time frame that all of us are available. Because, I mean, I think that would be a good conversation. Um, so, yeah. So, you know, come one, come all. Um, you know, get it, you know, uh, get it, Christina, get it myself. And, You know, we'll we'll come up with a. You know, we're not gonna try to embarrass nobody. Mm-mm. So we're not we're not gonna try to talk about something that you don't want to talk about. As a matter of fact, before we actually start, we're gonna talk about you know what what's to be said and what's not to be said, and we'll go from there. So please, if you want to be on the show, uh, get at Christina. I was gonna say me, but you know, I. I I'm not the most consistent. I'm not, I'm not the most consistent person at getting back at people. Uh, so 
it probably best if you did, you know, get with Christina and, you know, send her a message and then, you know, we can relay and then we can schedule whatever uh, we're going to do. So, anyway, uh, any any last words, Miss Roberson? No last words. I've enjoyed this conversation. It was good stuff. I did. Oh, it always is. It always is. Well, this is Joseph and this is this is Christina, and uh, we'll see you guys next time. Like I said, please do inbox her, text her if you have her information. Um, my mic was on the my mic wasn't in my face, uh, <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> uh, get at Chris, uh, you know, via you know email or well, you know, Facebook. I think most of our followers are from Facebook. Um, if you're not on Facebook, because I, I, I did uh, notice that we had a lot of followers who were not necessarily via social media. Um, so uh, hit us up with uh, rap with Joe and Chris at gmail.com. Um, you can get us on Facebook on Facebook. Uh, I'm Joseph Isaac. Uh, Christine, I don't know what your name is on Facebook. Christina Roberson. Oh, well, pretty simple. Okay. <laughs> well, anyway, uh, so uh, get back, get at her as well. So, and just let us know what y'all want to do, man. If you want to be on the show, get at us. Don't be scared. It's only radio. All right. All right. Well, that uh, that's all I have. Uh, next time, uh, hopefully, we'll have a guest. If not, we just gonna wrap a taste like we do normally. Thank you and good night.